Could NBC be trying to set up a Saturday night football Big Ten game like they have their Sunday night football NFL game? And also CBS Sports ranks all the teams in the Big Ten. We'll go over all of it here on the show. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked on Big Ten alongside Matt Sheehan. I'm Nate Dickinson. Matt joining us on the show today, the host of Locked on Spartans. As always, with you every single weekday over on that podcast, wherever you get your podcasts too. Thanks for making Locked on Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. Matt, thanks as always for coming on. Always nice to have you. Uh, we talked yesterday about Big Ten coaches saying things about other Big Ten programs. Michigan State was, of course, one of the programs quoted we have one quote from them for you to maybe get your thoughts on that we used yesterday on the show. Uh, one Big Ten coach said, quote, this is transfer you. Does that work every season? What's your culture like? It seems like these guys don't set limits like other staffs. Normally, you're working the portal out of extreme need for a position group or to complement a roster. These guys shop the whole store, it seems, end quote. Uh, yeah. What do you think about that? And also, how's he, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, but uh, I'm also, you know, halfway freaking out that football is happening so fast because, oh, my God, summer's flown by, but also the other half of me is very excited. Nate, anyway, that quote, um, fascinating angle that that coach took, um, calling Mel Tucker out for using the portal, which, of course, he did. Hey, got Kenneth Walker out of the portal. Worked out great. We have some new players this year that are hopefully going to help our Michigan State Spartans. You know, got some linebackers, got a defensive end, got two running backs. Hopefully they're going to replace Kenneth Walker. But that's the thing. Like, we were already okay at defensive end. We were already okay at linebacker. But at the end of the day, aren't you just trying to feel the best team possible? Like, it, it is very fascinating that anonymous coach, whoever it is, says, oh, they're not using the portal just to fill an extreme position of need out of desperation. They're, they're trying to get the best player at every single position on the field. It's like, well, well sure. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, why wouldn't he? Like, this isn't some secretive portal that Mel Tucker's using. This is open for every coach to use. And he's just using it, I think, the correct way. If you don't believe me, look at Michigan State season last year. They banged out an 11-2 and season the year after just two wins. Like, yes, Mel Tucker is making Michigan State transfer you for his first few years because he inherited a program and a roster that was maybe more suited to play, like, in the MAC, perhaps, or the Big Sky, perhaps. Like, he, he walks in to the football center his first day, and he's looking at a sea of kids that don't belong in Power 5 football. So, yes, he could have done it the old-fashioned nice way of just, okay, I'm going to recruit some kids, wait till their third, fourth year, hopefully they're good. Or he can really hit the ground running, get some kids out of the program, get some kids into the program through the transfer portal, and just field the best team he could possibly field. And I fail to see how that's an issue, especially coming off of an 11-2 and two year. But I digress. Every coach has their different method of doing things. I'm just glad I have a coach that does it the fastest and most efficient way possible. That's how I leave it. Fascinating quote, though. Fascinating quote. I don't know if it's a coach being just bitter about seeing Michigan State being able to do I, I it so know. well, or if right. it's just somebody like 
believing in the idea that you can't build the culture without guys who have been mm -hmm. there leading the way who have been there a long time but either yep. way right now you're criticizing something that's working which just is going to make you seem foolish no matter what it is yeah small sample size and I, I get it like yeah a bunch of guys come in but it's not like you know they're all shaking hands with, with each other on that first game day like they, they are battling out through fall camp spring camp for a lot of these guys if they can transfer in on time so Look, what helps build a culture too is winning. <laughs> like winning also helps build a culture and not just slogging through a bunch of six win seasons, seven win seasons, which is what my Spartans were doing at the tail end of the Mark D'Antonio era. But like a small sample size. And so far it's proving to work out pretty well. I, this, that's just me. And I, they, I, yeah, but I just, like you said, I don't know if it's a coach that's like salty but I doubt it because he could use a transfer portal too. I don't know. It, it's say hey, everyone's got their own school of thought. Um, this guy is clearly a little more old school than uh, Mel Tucker, which maybe it's working for him. Maybe it's not. We'll never know. It's anonymous coach. So good luck to him this season. All right, Matt, let's talk about what, at least when I was looking through the news from today, uh, biggest headline I saw with big 10 media rights still out there and up for grabs. NBC, yep. according to a report from front office sports is uh, according to their sources, at least saying that they want to make the big 10, the NFL of college football conferences. Uh, apparently that involves making a big 10 conference game on TV every Saturday night in the way that they have a single NFL game on every Sunday night. Uh, I don't know what that ends up looking like. I, I mean, I'm, I would imagine that the NBC would ideally want to be able to, if they're doing that, like then at some point flex big 10 games over to the night side. But mm -hmm. I, I think this is just outstanding news for the big 10 all around, obviously, just because you're getting another network in there, obviously in the bidding, but also I just think that the idea of doing that and, and having some sort of attachment to what is anything with the NFL even yeah. if it's just in this weird kind of indirect way, Saturday night football with Sunday night football advertised next to each other every single week on NBC. I, I mean, it just seems like it's going to be great optics if something like this is able to be worked out. Especially if there's like a pregame show, like kind of how they do football night in America before the NBC night game uh, on Sunday night. I think that's a very well done show. You get your whole day recap of the games. That'd be awesome too. If we could just throw that little bone in there as well. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting way to go about it because obviously you have CBS. All right. They've staying power, you know, yeah, the three thirty time slots great for sec games, but so is that night slot. ABC always has a prime time game on Fox. They kind of took their own route and said, all right, well, we're not going to go head to head with CBS and ABC at night. How does noon sound for the best game of the week? And like, look, it does well for them. It, it gets great ratings, but like as a fan, like, selfishly speaking, Michigan State plays Michigan on noon last year. It's like, oh, what a big game. This is awesome. And it's at noon. Oh, okay. Not not like a full day of tailgating, full day of anticipation, you know, not under the lights. But, hey, at the end of the day, got great ratings on Fox because it wasn't going against any other game. So it's interesting to see that NBC just wants to take on two potential night games, for example. Or are they going to be taking away one of these games from the other networks? I don't know, but... It's fascinating that they want to try to be the third team in this primetime slot. I like that angle, though. Just call it like you're going to do with the NFL. It's already the biggest league in the world. Just say that you're going to imitate that. See what's different. And, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I hope it works out because, yeah, I'd rather have more night games than, you know, like Buckeyes, Wolverines at noon or whatever. Trojans, uh, Ducks at noon. So that, 
yeah, give me the Night Kings, baby. Yeah. So if something like this happens, NBC, like I said, ideally mm-hmm. would want to be able to have the best Big Ten games on in that primetime slot. I think the Big yeah. Ten would want that too, have those best games in that kind of time slot there, especially again, locked into a network that has the primetime NFL game every Sunday yeah. night too. It all makes sense. But the way I also see it is that how is Fox going to react to that? Right now they still have, if they were shareholders here, a controlling stake in Big Ten media rights. I don't know how this all ends up working out in the end with that, but I don't see Fox being okay with NBC just taking the biggest game of the week every week other than maybe, of course, like the Michigan-Ohio State week, which Fox has already locked down and is going to keep. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to work out either. Like if Kevin Warren and the powers that be are happy enough with the numbers that, you know, Fox big noon kickoff is delivering, which also they has a great, you know, pregame show as well. So you get that, you dump right into the noon. I'm sure that helps things as well. So it's going to see if the decision makers, how they feel. Okay, are our numbers good enough here? Or can they be even better competing against two other night games in this slot? So fascinating times here, Nate. I've been using that F word a lot this offseason, especially with the conference realignment. Fascinating. You know, it's a lot of that for you. There's just a big difference between getting the best Big Ten game at noon and then getting what would be the best Big Ten noon game that you can get after the, the set, after getting second pick there. I mean, again, you said it. Fox has been kind of leaning on this noon kickoff deal, whatever it is yeah. that they have. I don't love it. It gives them, I guess, the opportunity to get the first eyes of the day when you're hungry on, for college football. But right. as far as like with what they're doing there, the question is, do they want that time slot? And do they believe in that time slot enough to be like, okay, we'll take the second best Big Ten game in this schedule? Also considering, too, that the second best Big Ten game could get a lot better in the next coming years, too. Yeah, do you know what? That's actually a great point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, okay, Buckeyes, Trojans on, and then what? You got Nittany Lions and uh, and Bruins. Ooh, there we go. Spicy. Or, hey, just like we talked last week, let's get some Hurricanes, some Seminoles in the mix. If uh, the Fighting Irish ever want to come on down. Yeah, you're right. There, there could be a. I mean, th- no that's the point, though. Even with 16, though, and I feel like until you like really get into the conversation of these super conferences we're talking about, you're always going to have at least a week or two where like that second game just isn't great. The schedule just works out yeah. that way. If you're picking from the best Big Ten games every week, like Fox is now, you're going to be able to kind of just get something decent every time. And I don't know how Fox feels giving a direct competitor. What, again, what NBC will want and what I believe the Big Ten will want to be the best Big Ten games every single week or as many weeks as possible. I don't know how that works, but that's all part of, I guess, what has to be negotiated here. There's still 50% of those rights up for grabs, or maybe I guess it's a little less. Sure. And also, too, like, you know, we always get the storylines in November. There's always like one coach that has a quote about, oh, how he doesn't like to play at night in November and talks about, oh, these are student athletes. It's cold at us. So, like, maybe, maybe the coaches are fine with it just being noon, too, and uh, we're just stuck in our own little fan world. But, hey, you know what? That, that's the world that most of us live in, so here we are just talking about why we don't like these noon games. God, please stop. Enough. Jesus. Well, it'll be uh, very interesting whenever, like, the official 
whatever it is comes out as to how all of this is going to work. Because I do feel like we're at a point now where I think the Big Ten is going to be like guaranteed to have at least a couple of more suitors here outside of whatever chunk ESPN wants to try and keep. Yeah. Uh, I believe that NBC, if it wants to get in, will be able to get to the table here. Uh, I mean, I feel like Apple Plus is definitely in there. Amazon, I think we had reports in there too. I, again, I, sure. I feel like we're at a point now where like I'm more like I knew it was possible before, but I was more of a believer like that it could end up still being like a Fox ESPN mostly kind of deal. Right now I'm looking at the possibilities and thinking, okay, maybe this really will happen where we're looking at like four or five different places to watch Big Ten games. But again, that's down the road. In a minute, we're going to talk about Big Ten rankings. According to CBS Sports, break things down into little sections and see who could exceed the expectations there and who could maybe drop short. But before we do that, everything is exceeding expectations over at Built Bar. It's the place to go for anything that you need as far as protein. It tastes like a candy bar. Built Bars have 100% real chocolate in them. And the new Built Puffs are like the regular protein bars, only instead of that chocolate getting around protein bar, it's chocolate around marshmallow that, again, gets that same nutritional value with nothing else that you don't want in there, too. The new flavor, cookie dough chunk in the puff form now, is available at Built.com. And you can use code LOCKED15 to try it out again with a 15% off your order discount. Uh, Matt, Built Bar is, I say it every time, pretty much, among Locked On hosts, easily the most beloved sponsor that we have. It, it is the best. And the cookie dough chunk Built Puff is, uh, I get eat those every day, three times a day. No, no strain whatsoever. Those are sensational, Nate. Sensational. <laughs> Built.com. Locked 15, the code to use at checkout to get 15% off your order there. And again, Built Bar, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar to get you through your workout, just get you through your day, anything like that, without any of that nasty stuff that can be in a whole lot of the other ways that you can get your energy. Again, built.com, code lock 15. Okay, let's talk a little bit about rankings here, Matt. I mentioned CBS Sports has a list of every Big Ten team. We don't need to get into every Big Ten team, but I did break sure. things into regions here as to kind of break down at the top who could maybe try and fall down or who won't live up to the expectations that they have here in the preseason. Uh, middle of the pack teams, too, and then that bottom section as well. Who could maybe start sure. to show some of that progress uh, that we haven't been seeing from them. So let's start at the top. Looking at, of course, Ohio State at number two in the country, according to CBS. Michigan is at eight, Wisconsin 15, 18 for Penn State, and then 20 for Michigan State and the Spartans. Those are the five teams that are in the top 25. I want to know who's most likely in your mind to not live up to the number. Again, Ohio State two, Michigan eight, Wisconsin 15, Penn State 18, Michigan State 20. I got just two teams that I'm looking at, and one's Michigan, just because, you know, that they replaced both defensive ends, they replaced both coordinators, all that fun stuff. However, that offense is going to be unbelievable this year. They got probably the best offensive line in the conference. They got good weapons there. So that's the second-place team that I'm worried about falling down. The first, just because of the parity that we've talked about up and down the last few weeks in the Big Ten West, is Wisconsin. I mean, let's say Graham Mertz doesn't really take that step that we all thought he would take last year. Let's say he is dormant to start another year. Like that could be 
scary time for the Badgers. Again, I, I, I think they will be a solid team, but of these five, the most likely to take a step down, like I'm going to say my Michigan State Spartans. No, come on. No, I'm going to go with the team that plays in a Big Ten West that could have some spicy teams. You know, Minnesota could bite them. Nebraska can bite them. Iowa could bite them. Heck, the Boilermakers can bite them. So, yeah, I, I think that is just too much volatility over in the Big Ten West to just say, yeah, Wisconsin will definitely end up number 15 in the country. So that's that's what I'm taking for number one right there. Wisconsin, I think you're – right is someone who could easily fall off that way but like when i'm looking at 15 i'm thinking that could be a team that has three or four losses on its record potentially at the end of the season if they're the right ones so i think wisconsin could easily get to that number and again while like you have as you mentioned those three four teams which we'll talk about in a second when we get to the middle middle of the pack Mm -hmm. as to how high they can get wisconsin could lose to any of them again but I, i don't see wisconsin losing to all of them Unless, again, Graham Mertz takes a huge step back. We talked about biggest keys for every team. And I mean, Wisconsin, it's just, I was saying, sometimes with, it seems like three or four teams here. Sometimes it's just like really is as simple as like the quarterback is going to make or break whether or not this team does really well or is just okay. But just okay really is the floor for Wisconsin in any season. Uh, Sure. And absolutely. My team, I, I guess Michigan being a top 10 team is tough for the same kind of reason over on the east side you have ohio state of course you have michigan state right there who you can lose to of course to penn state's going to be really good again it looks like this year or at least good enough to win football games so if you're talking about a top 10 team that's a squad where it's like you're looking at two losses max if you want to get into that range I think Michigan could easily fall down into that, like maybe 15 to 20 range if they don't clean up what they need to on the defensive side of the football. Um, I don't know if it was one of the big 10 coaches who was quoted saying it or something else that we read here on the show, but someone was saying like, there's a difference between being able to fill in holes, which is something Michigan can do. They recruit just as well as anybody in the conference outside of Ohio state. Mm-hmm. And being able to fill the holes that someone like an Aiden Hutchinson and a David Ojabo leave yeah. behind. Those are like, in Hutchinson's case, more than pro level talents. It, right. It's yeah. just huge. And uh, that's the big question for at least right there. And for what, what is it? Is it a new co- defensive coordinator over at Michigan? And Tudor? offensive. And yeah, offensive. Both. Right. Yeah. Yep. There's so many, there are so many new coordinators. We're going to have to have a whole lot of people on I to know. talk about right. all that stuff. But anyway. With both new coordinators on each side, it's something where, especially on that defensive side, I'm looking and trying to figure out, okay, I can see the way that this goes wrong for Michigan, given the way that that defense looked at times last season too, even though it was elite in a whole lot of ways. Yeah, no doubt. And also safety Daxon Hill too. I mean, I don't think he's going to be as talked about as, as most people should be talking about, because yeah, obviously they made their hay on that front line. Ojabo Hutchinson, but Dexon Hill, he's a speed demon back there. And, you know, he didn't go in the first round for no reason. So I think they're going to miss him a lot more than maybe people are giving credit for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to the middle of the pack. You mentioned those big 10 West teams. Uh, Iowa is number 28. Minnesota is at 32. Purdue is at 34. And then a little bit lower, Nebraska's at 49, Maryland at 56. There's a bit of a gap there, but I put them all in the same group because I feel like 
this is a group this big that any of these teams could end up on top if things break entirely right for some of them. But where do you think you would put, I guess, right now, your order of those teams, at least in your head? Forget about where the rankings are with CBS, because I think that, again, right now, anything could yeah. really go up and down. Again, CBS does say Iowa at 28 at the top, Minnesota, Purdue, Nebraska, and then Maryland is their order one to five. That's tough. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just keep Iowa up there. Number number one in that group of five. And you know what? This, this is, I do this every week. You know what? I talk up Nebraska every single week. I'm going to put them second because I think that, hey, we just talked about it right off the top of the show here. You want to use the transfer portal to add as much talent as possible at every position to your team. And Nebraska seemed to do just that. Now, they got to get off to a hot start this year because if they lose in heartbreaking fashion early on, like they did all year last year, that'll get contagious. But I, I do like Nebraska a lot this year. And then after that, I, I'm going to go with Purdue, then Minnesota, and then Maryland at the end. But Maryland is such a wild card. They, they have maybe a top three wide receiver room in the conference. They have baby Tua, who is awesome. But then again, they could also lose by 50 points as easily as they could win games by 50 points. So they're just, they're the wild card. I, they could be the top of this five team. But as of now, just just have a longer track record, a bigger sample size than we know of Maryland. Yeah, I'm going to keep them down at the bottom. But yeah, I'm going to go Iowa 1, Nebraska 2, Purdue 3, Minnesota 4, Maryland 5. But that'll probably backfire in my face uh, <laughs> for all I know for, for Maryland because I don't know. I never know what to expect from them week in and week out. I'm putting Purdue number one here. I okay. believe in I Aiden O'Connell. Yep. I believe that they can have a game where they can compete and run with a big, big competitor over there in that east side of the Big Ten if he is working and doing things well. We'll see sure. exactly how well that looks at the beginning of the season and throughout because it hasn't been as consistent as it needs to be. I'm banking on experience allowing him to get better here because you've seen what he's kind of capable of his ceiling is higher than the other big 10 quarterbacks we're talking about here. Yep. Uh, Iowa's number two in my head, just with the consistency across the board that they always bring. You can't put them much lower. Sure. I've started to buy into Nebraska and I've been trying to figure out if it's because I actually believe they're good because I've just been hearing everyone else say it. And I don't really think it's either. I think it's more that I'm looking around the rest of the Big Ten and like Iowa lost big players to the NFL. Minnesota yeah. lost big players to the NFL. Uh, Purdue lost players to the NFL, right? Am I missing? Yeah, George on the defensive side. Yeah, George Carl lost this yeah. on the NFL. Mm -hmm. It's guys who are really, really good. And Nebraska brings a lot of players back. And it's just, I don't know if I believe that Nebraska is good. I just think that the Big Ten West might just be really, really subpar here if gotcha. things, again, don't break down, down the right, right way for everybody else. It's just something where you have a whole bunch of teams that have a lot of question marks. And while Nebraska has plenty, they're the different kind of questions that you're asking, not about who comes into a spot, but can these guys now take things to the next level here for the Cornhuskers. I feel like the experience is what you bank on, not because I think really Nebraska is especially good, which is what I think was confusing me before. People being like, oh, well, they have people who have been there, so they're going to be better. 
like I believe in improvement, but I haven't yeah. believed in Nebraska being able to play good football, even with those players who are there. I think it's more just kind of the step back that a whole bunch of other teams might be taking. That's making me think that like Nebraska could come in at third here. I still might even put like Minnesota on top of them, but I, I could see, I understand putting Nebraska second on this list right now. I, I wouldn't put them at the top, but again, you can really arrange anything you want anyway. Yeah. To be determined. So, so it's not talking to me every Thursday about uh, Nebraska that that doesn't, have you ranking them so high? Me talking your ear off about the Huskers every single week. It's not it. Shoot. No. Uh, what about Maryland? You, I mean, you mentioned Baby Tua. That's yeah. the other team I feel like that has at least like some of the pieces coming back to be able to be better. But yeah, I, I also feel like they're a team that has a huge kind of range as far as how good and how bad they can be here. I mean, Maryland. I could easily see falling apart and being at like the bottom of the conference in a way that I don't see with any of these other teams we're talking about in this group. No doubt. It seems like every year they start off a little hot and then, okay, middle of October rolls around, they start to falter a little bit. And then November it's like, okay, well they, they've mailed in the season the rest of the way. So are we going to see that for seemingly the 12th straight year from Maryland? Uh, maybe, but I don't know if I can get suckered into believing in Nebraska, maybe I can get suckered into believing in Maryland and that they do have this great offense that's coming in with the receivers, with little Tua. I mean, Hey, if, if every single game is going to be a first to 40 game, maybe they could win a good chunk of those, but yeah, a lot of it's going to come down to their defense too, which uh, not necessarily known for their defense down, uh, down over in Maryland, are they? No, no, they're not. Yeah. Moving on to the bottom of the pack there in the Big Ten, the four teams, Rutgers is at 78, Northwestern at 81, immediately followed by Illinois at 82, and Indiana at 88. Ouch. These are four teams that are, I think, pretty solidly in these spots at the bottom of the conference. As far as most likely to make any sort of jump, show any sort of progress that I think actually results in wins and losses, I would put them in that same order that are they are right there, at least one to four. I think Rutgers, Northwestern, yeah. Illinois, Indiana, it's I think that's where you're at. Rutgers, I think, is closest to being able to be like, OK, maybe we can start beating some teams in that middle tier. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And it's just like I'm looking at Rutgers and Indiana and like those are two teams that do not benefit whatsoever from playing in the Big Ten East. Like mm -hmm. that is a top heavy division. And when you're the bottom feeder, you feel it, don't you? Like these guys might be a little spicy in the Big Ten West. I'm not saying they, you know, win it and represent that division in Indianapolis, but oh man, it's 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 tough to just look at Indiana and then oh yeah, they got to play like Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. It's like oh my god, but yeah, it's <sighs> poor Indiana, man. Like oh that 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 COVID year, the the Tom Allen Renaissance year might as well have been 18 years ago at this point. <laughs> oh man, I. I would love to see them catch the lightning in a bottle again because that was such a fun year for them. It was fun rooting from afar. Hey, my team was horrible that year. I just latched on to Indiana as a bandwagon fan, and uh, oh boy, did the uh, wheels fall off that bandwagon or what last year? Jesus. <laughs> so we'll see. I, I that's all I have to offer you is that hey, worked out okay two years ago. Maybe there's still some magic left in that lamp. But other than that, I don't really have any much optimism to offer. Uh, Indiana, unfortunately, that's a pretty good ranking of the four right there. I don't think I'd change anything either. Oh, that makes me sad. Oh boy, I feel like I'm 
<laughs> bowling these teams now. <laughs> uh, doesn't uh, sit Matt, right. <laughs> Matt, outside of Ohio State, let's go back up to the top real quick before we close things up because I don't want to end on yeah. a negative note like that, really, talking about those teams. Nah, no, but, that, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> outside of Ohio State, uh, what team do you think has the most likely chance to make the college football playoff? I don't know. It's weird to even kind of ask the question. Michigan yes, State, baby. That's right. <laughs> Our Spartan. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, it's not Michigan State at all, actually. Uh, I, although I could be talked into it. But no, of the teams, can I use one of the five teams that I said would also drop out? Like, I, I mm-hmm. is it just the team that went there last year? Is, is it Michigan? Potentially, like, yes, we talked about all the things going on with their defense. But uh, okay, I think as good as they were on defense last year, I think they can be, can be as good on offense. It'll be, you know, a little steeper odds. But what if they are? What if that offensive line does help both quarterbacks? What if their weapons around can get stuff done, even though they do have this two-quarterback cycle? What if they are just this dynamic offense that everyone in Ann Arbor thinks they will be? Then, okay, maybe the defense doesn't have to be great. So, yeah, as much as it pains me to say, maybe it is Michigan. Because, listen, Penn State, great players. You can always count them to be solid. But you can also never count on James Franklin to – you know, coach a, a season competently the entire way. Uh, Michigan State, I think we just have a little few too many holes in that Wisconsin. I'm sorry, you're in the Big Ten West. I can't take you seriously. So that's kind of where I, <laughs> by process of elimination, I'm going to go with Michigan, unfortunately. So that's, that's, oh man, I'm really ending this episode on a sad note. Shit. Oh, well. <laughs> no, I, think, I, I think Michigan's got that potential with, again, yeah. I think their offense can be really good and their defense can be good enough. It's a question of like, okay, if the offense is only just kind of good or consistently good, and then their defense is just kind of good, or maybe like even just not as good as it was before, then you're in a situation where you're like, okay, this team could easily, again, lose the three games or the four games that put them down at the bottom too. But again, the potential I think is there as well. It's also just kind of, it's boring talking about the college football playoff when we're still at only four teams. I want to have 18 conversations and then we can get into like, okay, can Wisconsin yeah. get in here? Who can be a third Big Ten team or in all that? Right. Stuff. That's that's more fun. Or like when it's a four-team playoff and we pretty much know three teams. Like unanimously right. everyone's saying Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. And then, oh, who's the fourth team going to be? Clemson? Is it Notre Dame? Is it Utah? It's like, well, you can only just argue for one spot seemingly. Like uh, it kind of takes the air out of the balloon, doesn't it? But Oh, well, maybe one day. Maybe one day we'll get up to eight teams or – Probably one day, someday soon, I would say. I mean, sooner than you thought it would be when you, of course, just made and took this long to make the change from the BCS to go to the four-team playoff, for sure. But anyway, this conversation for another day. Matt Sheen's at Locked On Spartans every single day, leading us up to football season. Matt, we're going to have to get you on at some point next week, of course, to do our Michigan State preview kind of deal and get everything we need to know about the Spartans. It'll be a whole lot of fun as, again, it's a lot of teams up there at the top in the big yep. 10 and nationally as well. And the Spartans are looking to be one of them. So that's what you can look forward to when you talk to Matt again next week here on the show. And of course, until then get your full fill of Matt Sheehan over at locked on Spartans too. Thanks as always for coming on here, Matt. Always a great time, Nate. You're the man.